The mask of art is the means through which corruption is spread. The mask makes vice seem beautiful, turns squalor and nastiness into glamorous thrill, seduces the onlooker into the game, and leaves him or her with the corpse on his hands. Hello and welcome to episode 453 of Under the Call of MS. That was a quote by Jennifer Burkett. And this is going to be, eh, it'll be a bucket Friday episode. Kind of a little bit of everything because we've been, we took like a two-week break, <laughs> as you noticed. We got some previews episodes out and a little bit of stuff here and there, but mainly been trying to get the YouTube channel all organized and up and running and get all my miscellaneous videos I had piled up, kind of put together in there. I think it worked out pretty decent. Got some fun, interesting videos, everything from rummaging to Halloween goodies comic previews, uh, eventually maybe some comic reviews, and some other comic-related things. Uh, we got... MS walking videos, where I'm t walking around talking about my journey with multiple sclerosis, and then I started up the Mavenclad year two medication for multiple sclerosis, and so I talk about how that goes with my issues with MS and stuff, oh, and lots of other videos to come eventually, and uh, let's see here. I'm going to take a peek into the Old Farmer's Almanac for August, which is named to honor the first Roman emperor and grandnephew of Julius Caesar, Augustus Caesar, from 60, 63 B.C. to A.D. 14. <laughs> that is old. <laughs> we have a puzzle of the month. See if we can get this. I'll give the answer later on in the show. A dealer ordered a pitcher 12 inches by 18 inches to be framed so that it would cover just twice its former wall space. The frame to be of uniform width. How, would, how wide should the frame be? I'll reread that since it came out all goofy. goofy anyways, probably. A dealer ordered a pitcher 12 inches by 18 inches to be framed so that it would cover just twice its former wall space. The frame to be of uniform width, how wide should the frame be? So... Yeah, I'll come up with my answer in a little bit. I'm not going to sit here in silence 
figuring it out, but I'll give you the right answer eventually during this segment or this show. Uh, they give you all kinds of interesting little th- substitutions for basic ingredients. Like if you want to substitute baking powder and you don't have it on hand and you want to substitute it with something else, you can use a quarter teaspoon baking soda plus five-eighths teaspoon cream of tartar, which I would think it would be harder to have cream of tartar on hand than it would be to have baking powder on hand. It's like, if you need some unsweetened chocolate, you can replace it with three tablespoons. If you want one ounce of it, you can replace replace it with three tablespoons Cocoa plus one tablespoon butter or fat. If you need to replace sour cream, you can take, if you need a cup of it, you can do seven eighth cup buttermilk or plain yogurt plus three tablespoons melted butter. If you got to replace a cup of whipping cream, you can use two thirds cup well chilled evaporated milk, whipped, or one cup non fat dry milk. Powder whipped with one cup of ice water. And they got all kinds of funky, interesting substitutions in here for stuff. Everything from flowers to milks to tomatoes, yeast. And, but yeah, you could look up substitutes for anything online and figure those out yourself. So. That's nothing we need to go down because that's a huge list of stuff to to look over. But it is August and we missed out on the first half of the month already because of what we've been doing, trying to get our life more organized with our podcasting and our new video segments and everything going on. I love the video format. I don't have the the issues that I have when I'm doing the audio format. I don't understand why I get all burpy and hiccupy and yawny and when I'm talking on a microphone, but when I'm talking on video, it doesn't hit me. At least not yet. So we have a variety of comics that we get can talk about today. I'm finally getting caught up on my Piles and piles and piles of back issues that I've been showing that I'm going to be talking about, but haven't got to talking about because the last probably two weeks with the sickness from starting the year two of Mavenclad and everything, I just did not get much reading in. When I did start to read, I'd be falling asleep. Because I was living on two hours sleep here, two hours sleep there. And kind of have a normal routine back, which is my normal. Sleep for three hours, get up, take care of the cat for two hours, go back to sleep for three hours, get up and deal with the day. And the rest of the day with the cat. The cat's like a 24-7 chore lately. <laughs> but I kind of spoiled them by doing the walking videos. And now it's like this morning we 
just get up and I don't even get my podcast, my audio podcast done. And he's already off on in his, in the field, up in the woods, hanging out. So I wanted to get a walking video done, done today because I haven't done one of those in a while either. I still have, I think one video left to upload. And everything's, all the videos are like a week or two behind because I can't do the videos live because of my internet being so crappy out here. But we got good news because Spectrum's been laying lines all around the neighborhood for the past couple weeks. So hopefully they'll get that done eventually and we can transfer from our five megabytes per second upload to 300 megabytes per second <laughs> which will be a completely different thing once we if we get that hopefully they'll get it hooked up before winter but uh it looks like they're doing us all the way to like two other surrounding towns so they're basically laying lines all over the country to get spectrum everywhere they can which is surprising because i have internet through my phone company and they supposedly i talked to one of the workers many times in the past when we lived at our old farmhouse that we left a few years ago and stuff it was over five years ago he told me they had a 50k cable set up just a roll of the stuff just sitting in the building in our town just waiting to be laid and they never laid the lines now you got spectrum laying the line so they would have got their shit together and done it five years ago then they went to had to worry about someone else coming in and taking their customers away which is stupid to not focus on that and get that laid to at least a couple of the smaller outgoing towns i mean just the town that we were living in and when we were at the farmhouse was basically a few hundred people that they would have had for fresh customers just by laying line a couple miles out of town so you would think that would be beneficial for them I mean, you're looking at 15 grand a month in sales on internet supplier supplied customers and stuff like that. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to some comics here. We're starting out with The Living Corpse Relics. It's a six-issue run from American Mythology Productions. It's written by Ken Hazer, Hazer, Heiser, an art and story by Ken and Buzz Hasen, Hassan. I'm trashing these names, I know. You got colors by Blair Smith. Story input by Keith Thomas. Yeah, lots of people here. But I'm going to give you the basics. We got three main characters in here. We have 
Well, we got time. We got nothing else to do. This is fucking Friday. Let's read their little synopsis. We got the main corpse character. Each one of these characters is given their depiction of who they are and what they're talking about. And his is, I was once John Romero, which I love that they used. They played off the Romero zombie aspects and did this with all the characters. And just, it's they kind of like, all the characters have some type of fun background to wonderful, enjoyable horror from our past horror stories and stuff just those style characters but i was once john romero until the day i died and came back as a mindless zombie that was until i murdered my own wife and daughter before the sight and sound of my own son made the memories of my past life flood back to me Unable to face what I had done, I fled the house and was found by the fallen angel, Astaroth, who told me that I had been brought back for a purpose, to keep the balance between the world of the living and the darkness that hides in the shadows. To keep the dead dead, everything was going to keep the dead dead and the darkness that hides in the I'm screwing everything up it would help if I had glasses on (laughs) to keep the dead dead everything was going about as well as would as you would expect until I found out that my son was still alive he had spent his life in a mad pursuit to find me and make me pay for what I had done to his mother and sister. He almost succeeded, and when he was killed, my last thread to my former life was cut forever. With that, I left my job as the gatekeeper in the hopes of finding a better path. Lilith wasn't always a vampire. She was once a young girl who who I stopped from killing herself in my graveyard. And she became obsessed with me. She started to hang around and brought me brains from the mortuary where she worked. So it wasn't all bad. But of course, hanging around me is never good for anybody. And it wasn't long before a Nosferatu came sniffing around and turned Lilith into a vampire, like him. I killed the Nosferatu, but couldn't bring myself to stake Lilith. I took her under my wing, and we've grown close, about as close as a zombie and vampire can be. Of course. But Lilith has been wondering if she is the last of the Nosferatu, or if there are more of her kind out there. Astaroth is a fallen angel, and my guide as the gatekeeper. I've known him for a long time, but I know almost nothing about him. He speaks in riddles and half-truths. I know that his job as my 
as my guide is part of his penance for something he did a long time ago. I also know that I am not the first gatekeeper, and Astaroth has been a guide to them for as long as there have been dead humans. I don't know what happened to those previous gatekeepers. I assume they did their time and went on to their final reward, just like Astaroth promised me. But sometimes I look into those emotionless eyes and wonder. Yeah, you should wonder, because <laughs> he does some pretty nasty stuff to some other gatekeepers. And <laughs> I The first story starts out with yetis, and that alone makes for a perfect story. You got a corpse, you got yetis, you got monks, and dead and living monks. <laughs> in a monastery near the yetis it's just right there is all the story line i need to make me buy into this but we get to meet some characters in the uh oh, come on brain come back it's all blah blah <laughs> this morning my brain's all jumbled and lost but uh one of the monks in the monastery helps out john our corpse character uh helps out with quite a few things along the way gives him information that he needs to get get through life of death <laughs> death of life and we get to also eventually come across another gatekeeper and all kinds of battles ensue and we get to learn more about powers that John will have eventually if he trains himself and learns all his abilities as a living corpse we get flashbacks of what caused John to have his accident and why he's obsessed with his son and what drew him into the traffic, the line of traffic that ends up basically completely destroying him, <laughs> trashing him, uh, killing him in the beginning and get to find out all the things that happened to him along his journey as a living corpse character but yeah it's this is a very fun run i believe issue one i may have reviewed in the past and then i came across the whole six issue run and figured what the heck might as well get this they had a deal on it, so I grabbed it, and I was very happy I did. I would love to see a bunch of different storylines with these characters. Especially your little Nosferatu vampire. I'd like to see her have a little off offshoot storyline. 
And they have, I mean, American mythology has been doing a wonderful job with a lot of horror story <laughs> things. We got the grunge that they advertise all over these pages. Uh, which I just uh, reviewed that probably about a month back. The Grunch, welcome to the Brotherhood, brother. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a fun story too. That uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully going on above and beyond what it's done so far. Now we picked up some special limited edition uh, covers. The ones where you had a the shops had to get like the 11 issues or whatever to get the special covers. And it looks like the first one we're looking at here. Well, actually that would be, I think this would be probably the first one to check out. This is Vampirella number 15 has a fun, Kind of a Fright Night uh, cover to it, feel to it. Uh, kind of 80s horror vampire imagery. But yeah, this is Vampirella Volume 5, number 15. We got number 15 and number 16 here with the specialty covers. Actually, number 15 is, yeah, it is one of seven uh, limited edition covers. Looks like there are other standard covers. This is one of the limited edition order variants, but they had other covers by... Lucio Perello, Peach Momoko, which has been doing tons of covers lately. Uh, Butcher Billy, Ergen Gundas, and they had a cosplay cover. This is written by Christopher Priest and artist Medebic Masebikov. And colorist Francesca Citarelli, letter Willie Schubert, editor Matt Idelson. We get some more history on some of the other Vampirellas. Uh, and our main Vampirella, she's playing with some of her own cosplayers in this issue, in the, the first issue. At number 15, she gets some cosplay stuff and then she runs into some ghosts that just so happen to uh, a pair of ghosts, female ghosts that are haunting Vampirella, trying to get her to punish the person that supposedly killed them. And you got to read the story to find out the whole basis on the story. and what happened but it was very interesting i liked where they took the storyline there 
And then in book 16, we get uh, a little deeper into the whole uh, psychiatrist portion of this run. If you've heard me talk about any other issues from this run, Vampirella uh, is seeing a psychiatrist that doesn't believe in what she's saying, but she's being straightforward with them with everything that's going on, who she's killed and why she's had to hunt people down and where she's come from, Dracula and stuff and what her world is like. And this guy's just like, he's dealing with her alter egos but yet, are they alter egos or are they just Vampirella from different time zones? Or Ella, if you want to be more direct to her the way she likes her name. Namesake to be. Uh, but yeah, this poor psychiatrist guy, I mean, <laughs> he even at one point draws a hanged man picture of himself being hung because he's, he's tired of her coming in with all her stories and everything that's going on with her background. And then we have uh, one of 15 cover. Uh, I wish I could, or one of 10 cover for Vampirella versus Purgatory, Volume 1, Number 4, and the other comic, we uh, had to talk about is Vampirella versus Purgatory, Issue 2. So we got Number 2 and Number 4, but Number 4 is the specialty store copy cover the limited edition store uh i wish i could remember how to say that it's basically the minimum order type thing that you gotta do some type of special thing to get the special covers and i stupidly used to order these and then i realized half the time i didn't get my comic because the store didn't get those covers or whatever so i didn't get them and then I'd have that little empty slot in my storyline because since I didn't get that specialty cover, I didn't get any cover. So then I have to go back and fill in all those spots eventually once I get all my comics put into the CLZ directory. Since I, <laughs> that's the only organization channel that I'm using right now to try and get all my comics or organized laid out it's like stop buying duplicates of shit <laughs> but at least i've been getting pretty lucky when i do get the duplicates i've been getting alternate covers but vampirella versus purgatory i believe i talked about issue one not long ago this is issue two and four storylines getting deeper and deeper with them hunting down these these special characters around the world and it's more like 
Vampirella is stupidly going directly for the throat of her mother and sister. Or mother, sisters, all these different characters along the way. And she's trying to get the entities that are hunting down these specialized characters. And at the same time, we have Purgatory off on her own, hunting down the characters, promising Vampirella that she won't kill any more of them. And yet, every time she hooks up with one, she ends up killing them. So, (laughs) there's going to be a big battle between Vampirella and Purgatory here pretty soon, I think. That's going to kind of take them away from the main issue that they should be dealing with and it's going to affect all their stuff as it does when you're writing a story they got to have these different storylines that can drive you crazy at some point but yeah i'm loving it all the vampirella stuff's been very enjoyable this past couple years that we've been reading so and they've been coming up with lots and lots more new storylines but uh tomorrow on if we do the crimson color comic club we'll be in reading some fun, interesting Deadite-style stories and things, so check that out. But I'm running out of time on this portion, so I'm going to end it here, and I'll get right back with your answer to the riddle and some more stuff right after this. All right, let's start this off with the answer to the puzzle. The puzzle of the month that they have in this little farmer's almanac. A dealer ordered a picture 12 inches by 18 inches to be framed so that it would cover just twice its former wall space. The frame to be of uniform width. How wide should the frame be? It's like if it's twice its former wall space and it's 12 by 18, that means that it, the wall space would be 6 by 9. 6 by 9 would be... 3 would go into 6 by 9 and 12 by 18. So I'm going to say 3. Three inches for the width, which wouldn't make no sense. I'm just trying to square it out. But yeah. Let's see what they have for an answer. My Oh, I was right. 3 inches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because 3 goes into 6 and then 9, and 9 goes into 18, 12 and 18. So, yeah, that is right. So, the frame should only be 3 inches wide. It's a tiny picture. <laughs> All right, I actually got one right for once. Doesn't happen often. <clears throat> I just, I don't know. I get those Farmer's Almanacs for free all the time. So I figure, what the heck? Use some of their information for some of the podcasts. Speaking of weird information and where I get it from, once you hit 50, you'll get stuff from AARP and stuff. And they always have fun information. And in their little magazines we get every month, like, uh, if you want to figure out how to do some 
updating around your house and you want to get into some painting and fix some rooms up and stuff like that. It's like, here's some tips and tricks from the pros about types of paint. It's like flat paints are good for ceilings. They got a 0 to 3% sheen and they hide imperfections and should not conflict with other colors in a room, says one designer. We don't care if they conflict as long as we like the colors that we put up. That's all that matters. So I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, Matte finishes are good for dining rooms and bedrooms. They got a 3 to 10% sheen. They add dimension to a matte room by layering in higher sheens, such as semi-gloss for an accent wall. Here's a little tip from the pros. And then if you go for the eggshell finish, they are good for any room. They got a 10 to 25% sheen. They're durable, washable. And one of this person's favorite finishes. Uh, Satin finishes are good for kitchens and bathrooms. They have a 25 to 35% sheen. A pearl-like look gives this finish a higher resistance to moisture. Unsure which sheen to pick. Test more than one. So yeah, that would be good for anywhere. You got water splashing all over the place. Semi-glosses are good for trim, cabinets, and doors. In rooms with few windows, higher sheens on walls help reflect more light. So yeah, that makes sense. It's got 35 to 60% sheen. Then you got your high glosses, which are good for for the same uses as the semi-gloss. And they go above 85%. And keep in mind that high gloss is unforgiving of surface flaws. So yeah, you'll notice anything on them. Because of the sheen, high sheen percentage. There's some little tips and tricks if you want to paint your house. Change some rooms up. It tells you which ones to to buy. I personally would have walked into a paint shop and just looked for something that said interior and bought it and used it. (laughs) And mixed it up the colors of whatever color I wanted to use. I used to enjoy that in our... We used to have a True Value store, our family did. We used to be an international harvester, cub cadet business for farmers. And then we added on True Value eventually. And we had a huge painting department. And I used to love mixing up the paints, changing the colors. It's like, it's amazing how many different colors we could mix up. And then, of course, when us little shits were... Younger, we'd play around with the paint machine and mix up colors for our forts or our our go-karts or whatever we were building at the time. And we'd just sit there and blotch in colors and just see what we'd come up with. Not really paying attention to what we were mixing and matching. Came up with some pretty interesting colors over the test trials. Uh, let's see, some upcoming, some things that are playing now. 
and upcoming. We got Bullet Bullet Train, which the wife really wants to go see. I wanted to go see with some friends, but I didn't think it was fair for me to go see it with them and then go see it with her separately after I've seen it already. So I figured I'd wait till she can go, but I have a feeling we're never even going to get to it before it gets out of the theater. <laughs> Because it came out August 5th, it looks like. And it's already the 19th, so it might not be in theaters much longer. Got Me Time coming up on Netflix, August 26th, it looks like. When his wife, Regina Hall, 51, and kids are away. A stay-at-home dad, Kevin Hart, 43, has a wild weekend with his former best friend, Mark Wahlberg, 51, that gets completely out of hand. Their hijinks involve a large tortoise, which they drop off at an emergency room. Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg, I'm sure it'll be fun. It's like Kevin Hart's putting out, what, 500 movies a year right now? He's in everything that I see lately. Uh, Samaritans on Amazon Prime, August 26th. Ever since the Samaritans, Sylvester Stallone, who's 76, in his first true superhero role. Retired decades ago, the world has gone to hell in a handbasket. Now he is a trash collector. A young fan convinces him to get back in action and into a hail of bullets to put his invulnerability to use. I didn't realize Sylvester Sloan was doing a superhero movie. Then we got 13 Lives. Came out on Amazon Prime August 5th, it looks like. Vigo Mortensen, 63. I love that they have everybody's age in here. <laughs> I suppose it's an aging magazine. So, Trained with the diver, he portrays in Ron Howard's thriller about the 2018 rescue of a soccer team trapped in a flooded Thai cave rapturous test audience gave it the highest score of any film MGM has made in 98 years. (laughs) If it's Ron Howard, I'm sure it's good. I'll probably check it out. Uh, We got the Bullens, A Scandalous Family on PBS August 28th. Dangerously ambitious and smarter than King Henry VIII. And Bolin got steamy love letters from him, then got beheaded. So did her brother. Historians explain and actors reenact these lurid events, these lurid events in a hit series from the BBC. And then they got The Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power is on Amazon Prime September 2nd. I didn't know that was coming. I thought that was going to theaters. I'm surprised they didn't didn't put that in theaters first. All the Lord of the Rings fans. I figured that would be a big pull in for them. It may be the priciest show in TV history. 
It's an epic drama set thousands of years before the Lord of the Rings, says Sir Lenny Henry, the 63, who plays a hobbit ancestor, a big-eared harfoot named Sadok, the wise elder. What's great about this world spun from the Tolkien canon is that there are more women playing central roles and people of color playing them too. The Harfoots, Dwarfs, and Elves, says Tim Apiello. Let's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why we just can't say people are playing the parts. I don't know why we have to distinctly pinpoint. I mean, if you do basis us, I don't care what you say. We uh, all have a little bit of everything inside us. Let's just be humans from now on and change, <laughs> change the philosophy of thinking and just... We're trying to not be a separatist society, but yet we want to separate everything. <laughs> so, I don't know. I can't talk. I just got It's not my opinion, so I don't have a right to an opinion on any of that stuff. So I'll just leave it alone before I say something I shouldn't. <laughs> Let's see. The next generation of musicians compares with their famous parents. Uh, son of a guitar god. Yeah, the band Mammoth WBH, which I've never heard of. Frontman is Wolfgang Van Halen, which heard him do lots of talks and stuff. Very interesting person. He's the son of the late guitarist Eddie Van Halen. Got to hear him talk about his dad and some stuff. I think he was on like the Eddie Trunk podcast. Very interesting gentleman. Another kid that looks like he's got his head on his shoulders in a good way, which can not often happen when you have a famous parent. He started his career as the tourist bassist in Van Halen. And Mammoth Solid Straight Ahead Hard Rock is closer in sound and spirit to the music of the Foo Fighters. Let's see. Yeah, Lola Lennox, she's the daughter of Annie Lennox, the Rhythmics. She's a classically trained singer-songwriter. And Nick Collins, the son of Genesis singer-drummer and solo artist Phil Collins. Yeah, it's you're seeing a lot of the kids of former artists of music and big screen and everything else starting to come up and follow in their family's footsteps. Uh, 
Yeah, none of that stuff's really interesting. Doesn't really have anything that pops out there. Some hacks for making a smartphone smarter. It's like I just, if you know me, I just joined the stupid cell phone revolution the past month, two months, and I still don't use the thing hardly at all. It's too damn bulky. It's like I hate carrying it around. I took it with me yesterday, stuffed it in my glove box because I don't want to stick it in my shirt pocket or anything. And I hate having a heavy, bulky thing in my pants pocket. It's like not no interest in it. I took it to a appointment, doctor appointment the other day. I figured I'd mess around with it. Maybe download a couple apps and stuff and get something on the phone figured out and messed with it for about five minutes and I was bored with the damn thing. It's like I'd rather use my laptop if I'm gonna do any computer shit. But if you want to increase the font size, enlarging text and settings under accessibility can make navigation easier, but it won't enlarge the text for every app. You can organize your home screen by creating folders for groups of apps and name them like games or just position related apps near each other. You can add emergency info by entering health details like medications for iPhone, use the health apps, medical ID for Android, find emergency information. Flag your favorite contacts, make a list of frequently used numbers. For Android, tap name, then star icon. For iPhone, tap name, and then add to favorites. Delete unnecessary apps. Clearing clutter keeps things simple. Also check reviews before downloading new apps to avoid malware scams. And you can improve security by making sure the screen lock is on and the code fingerprint sensor or facial ID is set up. It's much safer. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I just, if I start deleting all the unnecessary apps that I see on my thing, I'll end up with <laughs> uh, probably wiping out a bunch of stuff that I need on my phone that I didn't know I needed. Uh, how to beat the odds living to the to 100 if you're in your 50s head to a city about 85 percent of cent centenarians live in cities where they typically have better access to medical care social networks cultural stimulating activities and transportation sim systems Hang with your peeps. A survey found that 87% of centenarians communicated nearly every day with a friend or family member. Engage your spiritual side. Attending religious services four times per month has been linked with 4 to 14 years of increased life expectancy. Odds of finding happiness in your 50s, 18% of people between ages 50 and 59 said they're very happy. It's like, I'd say you're happier in your 50s and your younger years, years are way more stressful. 
spend on experiences can money buy happiness maybe if you spend it on activities you'll enjoy like a concert a vacation rather than a new tv we get long-term pleasure from anticipating events and enjoying memories and you do you don't think about you don't overly talk about the things you watched on tv unless you you're obsessed with Breaking Bad, and that's the only thing you watch and talk about. But yeah, it's like if you go on vacations and stuff, you talk about those for years. The things that happen, the little little memories that go a long way. Uh, talk to strangers. We often feel happier after connecting with those around us, even if we don't know them. Focus on time. In one study, those who spent money on saving time, such as hiring a lawn service, were happier than those who spent dough on stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like <clears throat> you can have a ton of shit. Excuse me. Yeah, take a swig. Got big dry mouth going on. <clears throat> ah, that's better. Uh, yeah, the more crap you have around, the more stressed out you are because you can't find the shit you need and you're constantly moving things around instead. Sit there and have someone else clean shit up for you and you enjoy your day doing more other things. Things that are better suited for you and can actually get some stuff done that you enjoy. Odds of becoming famous. Becoming famous used to require, you know, talent. <laughs> but thanks to options such as social media and YouTube, attracting attention is way easier than it once was. Mathematical or mathematician Samuel Arbsman determined that about one in every 2,000 English speakers are famous. <laughs> Post videos. 81% of Americans use YouTube. Hey, I'm doing that now. <laughs> And TikTok has more than 1 billion users worldwide. Facebook recommends videos that are less than a minute in length. Be yourself. Personalize the content and make it your own. Uh, audition for a reality show. Talk about not needing talent. Apply online for an audition. If you're contacted for a casting call, wear bright, solid colors so you stand out. <laughs> Uh, the falling in love on a given day. Now is a great time to find love. The U.S. has more single people than any other point in its history, says social scientist Tai Tashiro. Let's see, the percentage of unpartnered Americans ages 40 to 54 rose from 24 to 31%. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game. <laughs> uh, you can beat the odds of it by attending batting practice, going to the first game of a series, or dress like the enemy. <laughs> odds of spotting, spotting a mouse in your home. Uh... 
mice and other rodents invade about 21 million homes in the U.S. each winter. If you've seen a mouse scampering across the floor, more are probably nearby. Mice often live in colonies of about 12 to 24. Uh, I used to see them all the time at the farmhouse. Just basically plug up entrances, close the buffet, trash bags, and open food containers. Crank up the lights. They're nocturnal. They don't like the lights. The odds of thieves breaking into your home. Criminals are increasingly focused on cyber crimes, but more than 1 million home burglaries, burglaries still occur in the U.S. each year, the FBI reports. Motion-activated floodlights and alarm systems can help, but they're not the only tools for fighting crime. Don't advertise your empty house. So many people tell when they're going on vacations ahead of time. You get a golden retriever, big dogs with booming barks there often. Deal breakers for thieves. Know your targets. The average break-in lasts 10 minutes or less. And it's usually centered on the master bedroom. That's where cash and jewelry are typically found. Uh, every home that me and the wife have been in, our master bedroom has been in a place that's not a bedroom. <laughs> so that might help too. Odds of getting a speeding ticket this year. Roughly 9% of Americans have a speeding ticket on their driving record. I would think there'd be more than 9%. Older drivers are less, less likely to get tickets, but you can still reduce the chance of getting pulled over. By getting real about your speed, let's say you drove 65 and a 55 for 10 miles. How much time did you save? Five minutes? Not even close. You saved 101 seconds. And that's at highway speeds. Uh, pay attention to road changes. Spots where speed limits suddenly drop are great hangout areas for police. Be careful on the bookends. More tickets are issued at the beginning and end of the month. Got to get those quotas filled. The air losing electricity. The average American has experienced about two hours of power interruptions each year. Since 2013, when major weather events are excluded in in 2020, the average was eight hours of lost power per household when extreme weather events like hurricanes and tornadoes are factored in. Uh, consider a generator. Those are a great backup if, in case you're out of power for a while. Plan for the worst. Uh, Make sure all essential devices are fully charged. Your gas tank is full. You have flashlights placed in strategically around the home. Keep medicines, first aid items, bottled water, and ready-to-eat foods where they'll be easy to find. Uh, when I know that there's a decent storm coming, I'll fill a half a dozen five-gallon pails of water just so you got ways to flush the toilet and stuff like that. Avoid states like these six had more than 25 hours of dark time in 2020, but residents in Oklahoma, Connecticut, and Louisiana experienced more than 40 hours. 
of dark time. So odds odds of being attacked by a shark. Uh, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than attacked by a shark. 47 shark attacks occurred in the U.S. in 2021 with only one fatality. But climate change is altering that. Swim in a pack. Don't wear jewelry. Be wary of Florida man. More than half of shark attacks in the U.S. in 2021 occurred off the Florida coast. Odds of having suffered a heart attack if you're age 50 to 64. To protect your ticker slash your cardiovascular risk factors. A man at age 50 with two or more risk factors such as obesity and high blood pressure has a 69% chance of getting a cardiovascular disease. But only a 5% chance with no risk factors. A woman with two or more risk factors has a 50% chance of cardiovascular disease, but just an 8% chance without them. Beat the odds by learning the warning signs. Common symptoms are chest pain, shortness of breath, feeling faint or weak, and pain in your jaw, neck, back, arms, and shoulder. Other signs include unexplained fatigue, nausea, vomiting, and lightheadedness, all that are MS symptoms too for me. <laughs> uh, start moving, take sleep seriously. Uh, beat the odds of getting a crash in a fish in your 50s by not texting. Don't style your hair. Don't drive like Chase Elliott. <laughs> But yeah, we're running out of time. We didn't get into much MS stuff. You can catch up on those with my videos. The Maven Cloud week one of year two was a nightmare as usual. Lots of nausea, vomiting, ickiness, uh, sickness, constipation, all that you can hear about on the video format. All kinds of disgusting happen, stuff happened during that period. Uh, we're in the middle of a bunch of doctor appointments right now, so we'll get you caught up on all that stuff. Probably in the YouTube videos, you'll hear a lot of that, what happened along the way with things going on in that aspect of our MS. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping next week we can at least do a Monday through Thursday normal run of the audio podcast. Other than that, we'll have lots more video stuff coming out too on YouTube, so check it out. Give us a thumbs up, rate, review, tell a friend. Subscribe. Check out Crimson Cull Comic Club. Check out Under the Cull, Under the Cull of MS, both audio and video on some of them. And we'll get back to you again soon, so be good. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. Kick the shit out of the monster. And let's just all get along, damn it. Get along, little doggy. Talk to you again soon.